0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with your host, psychologist Parthenia Izard. Parthenia is a psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner who will show you alternative paths toward health with a holistic approach. Call with your questions or comments at 610-664-4100. Now here's the host of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izard.
0: Good morning to those of you listening to our live anniversary program today or live Internet simulcast. Uh, Also, hello to those of you listening to an Internet rebroadcast tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Time or possibly Wednesday or Thursday this week. The link for that is on my site. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard, at WWDB 860 on the AM dial and simulcast on an international Internet station. To call into the program, which we might accept later on during the show, uh, call 866-909-9855 um, or send emails during the show to radio at amtherapies.com. On this program, we discuss alternative medicine therapies, related products, and issues, and we do it with the experts. Only try the therapies shared here after consulting with your physician. Last Saturday, my guest was Emma Mellon, Ph.D., author of Waking Your Dreams, Unlock the Wisdom of Your Unconscious. At that show's end, we discussed the herb eucalyptus and the Asana Adho Mukha Shavasana. If you missed that show, you can go to my website at www.amtherapies.com. Click on the radio show link to hear the show. For appointments with me, call 610-687-6184. And for general information, 610-660-7710. My guest, my featured guest today, is Sidney Poitier with his words of wisdom as the author of The Measure of a Man. To set the stage for that interview, we will revisit a few Wisdom prints, if you will, left by some of my guests from the very end of their interviews. At the end of today's program, we will discuss the herb eyebright and the Asana, Urva Mukha, Shavasana. Or the breathing, breathing meditation, Ujjayi, if time permits. Now it's time for our wellness news. University of Queensland, uh, June 7, 2007. Laziness increases back pain risk. Science Daily office workers who rarely exercise are at increased risk of back injuries according to uq researchers working on a european space agency study the researchers participated in the agency's berlin bed rest study monitoring 20 healthy young men who spent 56 days lying in bed lead researcher dr daniel belevy said prolonged inactivity shrunk the deep muscles that protected the men's back. He said that in some cases it took six months to recover, but even then the muscles did not return to their normal size. Dr. Balevi said surface muscles closer to the skin, stomach, and back became overactive, a condition which persisted for up to a year after returning to normal activity levels. Quote, if you sit around too much long-term, such as a desk job with no sport in your spare time, the muscles can slowly change in a bad way, giving you a bigger risk of hurting your back, end quote, said Dr. Scaletti. He said short-term inactivity such as sitting at a desk for a couple of hours was not a major risk. But a long-term habit of driving to work, working a desk job, going home, watching TV, and then going to bed would increase the chances of back problems. Targeting inactivity could also be used in an intervention and rehabilitation programs to decrease low back pain and future health care costs. Quote, I make sure my workspace is well set up so that I can sit with good posture and concentrate on sitting well, end quote, he says. Quote, this with regular attention to posture and regular earth like exercise, such as walking and jogging, can help to keep all the muscles fit and functioning, end quote. UQ's Dr. Julie Hyde, Dr. Stephen Wilson, and the retired Associate Professor Carolyn Richardson also worked on the project. The research has been published in Spine, an international journal for the study of spine, and also in the International Journal of Applied Physiology. Dr. Bolivi gained his PhD under a joint study program between UQ's School of Information Technology and Electrical Engineering and the School of Health and Rehabilitation Sciences. He has also been made the study coordinator of the upcoming second Berlin bed rest study, which starts in September. 24 subjects will spend 60 days in bed with their heads tilted six degrees down to simulate the body's fluid shift that occurs in microgravity of space. The aim is to study muscle control changes and the effects of vibration exercise. Okay, now, this morning's series of interviews will culminate with an informal and insightful interview with Sidney Poitier, a dear family friend. But before we get there, we will revisit the Words of Wisdom or Wisdom Prince segments of some of this past year's guests. And the guests I'm referring to are uh, James Redfield of the Celestine Prophecy Series, um, uh, Greg Braden of the Divine Matrix, uh, but then we have Barbara Collins, uh, It's Your Turn, and Colette Baron-Reid, who is an intuitive. And then Bishop Bernard Jordan, uh, Antonio Bear fargus Elaine Ruschka from the ARE, uh, Mario Orsadi from TM. And then, of course, at the end of the program, Sydney Poitier. And, yes, yours truly will share some of her <laughs> words of wisdom one of the great things about interviewing my guests is that I have the opportunity to read books uh, and by, inspired by them, books of people that I've been inspired by, and then I'm able to ask the author questions. Now, I have read all of James Redfield's books. Uh, as you recall, James Redfield in 1993 at the age of 43, self Published The Celestine Prophecy, which chronicles nine insights into a greater spirituality. And he's been keenly interested in human spirituality all of his life. Uh, His books uh, focus on synchronicity and sharing positive energy with others, among other things. Again, his books, uh, I I was reading his books long before I had a radio program, but it was uh, no surprise to me that I would want to have him for a guest. And the books were so well written insightful, yes, please excuse the pun, and related to ex- aspects of many things I was exploring, like synchronicity. To be able to chat with him about all of it was a special treat. And here are the closing words he left with us.
2: The fact that we're being guided by mysterious coincidences, that we have intuitions, that we all have a deeper purpose here, a deeper calling and, and to, to, to help the world become better. Um, These concepts operate no matter what our personal situation is. And uh, whether you're uh, in a situation where finances are an issue or your health is an issue or um, anything else uh, that that may make you feel stuck or challenged, the way out is to open up to a deeper spirituality and be and watch for the, the indications, you know, these coincidences that bring the right information. Uh, to go forward uh, into uh, prosperity or into healing uh, into and into uh, living a more inspired life. That's our, our birthright. We're supposed to be uh, moving forward and making contributions in an inspired way because that's, again, uh, what the, the deeper spiritual, uh, spiritual connection uh, gives us.
0: Now, for as long as I can remember, I have had an interest in physics and its relationship to life and living, much as a logician seeks the relationship between mathematics and life and living. So, having a guest like Greg Braden talk about his book, uh, *The Divine Matrix*, was also to be expected. Now, if you recall, again, uh, Greg Braden is a New York Times best-selling author. He's internationally renowned as a pioneer in bridging science and spirituality. Uh, His book endeavors to uh, show us beyond any reasonable doubt that we have the power to reverse disease, redefine aging, and even change reality itself by embracing the focused power of human emotion as the quantum language of change.
3: The wisdom is the wisdom we already know. If the field is mirroring back to us what we create, it, it once again leads us back to the understanding that we must become in our lives the very things that we'd like to experience in our world. We must become that peace, feel the feelings as if the peace has already happened, and give thanks of gratitude and appreciation every day for the healing that is already happening in our bodies, because it is happening. Every moment of every day, our bodies are healing themselves, and uh, our path is to recognize that, to seek out those good things, identify them, focus upon them, uh, and empower them as the language that this field recognizes. So... So, it can give us those things back again and again. We've got to give that field
4: something to recognize.
0: You are listening to the anniversary program of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard. The program is sponsored by Alternative Medicine Therapies in Balakinwood, Pennsylvania. Visit my website at www.amtherapies.com or call 610 687 to hear us live on the Internet. Click the Seventh Wave Network link on my site. We'll be back with more of our anniversary program, ending with my Sydney Plantinet interview.
1: Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies at 610-660-7710 for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that it tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like Iridology, Kinesiology, Reflexology, Energy Medicine, which includes chi Life Therapy, Acupressure, and Psychological Consultation, has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with psychologist Parthenia Izard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation at 610-660-7710 and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Don't miss Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izard's radio program each Saturday morning at 9 on AM 860 WWDB.
0: Don't passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, cold, flu, and other ailments. Listen to me, Parthenia Izzard, at my new time, Saturday mornings at 9, for Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom. I am a local natural health care practitioner and psychologist. I will show you alternative paths toward health with a holistic approach. Don't miss Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, Parthenia Izzard, at my new time, Saturday mornings at 9, only on AM 860, WWDB.
1: The following is a rebroadcast of a previous program. You are listening to
0: the Anniversary Program of Wellness, Wellness, and Wisdom with me, Psychologist Parsonia Uh Because, for the most part, we're not taking calls, but if you can get in, I'll try to fit you in. We won't have an all med trivia question. Uh, the answer to last week's question, however, uh, which was uh, what's the link between a lack of sleep and weight gain, and what is that link? Uh, sleep deprivation increases ghrelin hormone levels, which signal hunger and decreases leptin hormone levels, which signal society. Uh The overall effect is a boost in appetite regardless of whether or not we actually need the calories. This effect has been shown in both rats and humans. Um, again, today we're revisiting a few wisdom prints left by some of my guests from the very end of their interviews. Uh, this segment will highlight Bernard Jordan, uh, Elaine Hrushka, Mario Arsati, Antonio Huggy fargas Annie Maculey, Igli Baguza. Uh, ending with my interview, of course, with Sydney Poitier. Okay, often in life we meet people who simply leave a major impression, Uh, then later when we are in a position to give something back, that person will come to mind. Barbara Collins is one such person. Now, Barbara is a management development consultant, uh, executive coach, professor, keynote speaker, author, and she began her career as an educator. Uh, Today, her life has transformed from what she had to do into doing what she loves and what feels authentically right. Uh, She is working in her dharma. Barbara currently provides her expertise in helping people create authentic second and third careers. She offers fun and exciting ways to discover the truth or the true you and create the career you deserve with her keynote, It's Your Turn.
4: Um, The quick words of wisdom,
0: Parthini, would be to go fetch it Uh,
4: and do it now.
0: Very good. Do it
4: now. Find out who you really are now. Life is but a dress rehearsal, and this is your only chance.
0: Now, for as long as I can remember, I've had an interest in... Well, no, I talked about that one already. Uh, now, often you get a more kooky, fun loving type of spirit. Such was uh, my encounter with my next guest, Colette Baron Reed. Now, Colette Baron Reed is an internationally renowned intuitive counselor, educator, and healer who helps others recognize and connect with their own intuition, potential, and purpose. She's a trusted advisor to an international coterie of celebrities, politicians, and CEOs. CEO's. Oh, boy. CEOs. Uh, Colette's mission is to deliver inspired self-revelation. Whether Colette is counseling a client in person or by phone, her process and her ability to pick up intimate specifics of past and present relationships are and circumstances is consistent and awe-inspiring. Uh, she shared instructions on how to hone one's intuition and is a great direct and... Uh, how can I put it? She just had very forward words of wisdom, and uh, here it is. You know what? My, my, I, I'd say forgiveness, clean up your past, get rid of the ego debris that prevents you from feeling connected to others first before you try the exercises, but it is immediate. You will find relief immediately. It's a matter of making the commitment to, as I said, to clean up the ego first, And then you'll see an organic immediate. I get letters from people all the time now that the book's been out. They'd started working on forgiving their dad. The next thing you know, they found you know things just became so much more acutely capable. Now Bishop Bernard Jordan, uh, he's uh, he was born uh, in Brooklyn, New York, and received his ultimate calling at the age of 15, where he was summoned to prophecy. Now, uh, Bishop uh, Elijah Bernard Jordan, that's his full name, is the founder and senior pastor of Zoe Ministries, and has been heading it up since 1983. He also established the School of Prophets in 1985. Now, the school is specially geared towards those who are called to function in a prophetic ministry. Bishop Jordan teaches biblical principles and ethics essential to successful living. Now. He brought a, a traditionally spiritual presence uh, when interviewed, yet that which was traditional was transposed over some rather non-traditional concepts like the law of attraction and his 19 additional laws.
3: If there's anything i like to share, everybody needs to shift consciousness because we've been in a nation of security which has been, you know, governed by fear. And when men are ruled by fear, their hearts fail them. And that's why we want to give them the laws of thinking today. And um, when they get the book, The Laws of Think, it's going to start to open up their consciousness, start getting them into manifesting, because the world behind your eyes must become more real than the world that is before your eyes. We live in our imagination, and we create our own destiny, because destiny is not left up to chance. It is a matter of choice.
0: Now, my parents introduced me to the life of Edgar Casey and the A.R.E. when I was a teenager. So, on my first list of potential guest, guests was a, having a representative from the ARE. Elaine Rushka ended up being that person. Now, in 1974, after discovering the Egri Casey material through a Search for God study group work, she joined the ARE editorial department and worked there until 2000. In 1977, she was trained in massage therapy by Dr. Harold Riley, who worked closely with Casey and did massage part-time at the ARE. Her interests, however, have expanded to include therapeutic touch, craniosacral, uh, manual lymph drainage, and healing touch. Uh, As the author of When Illness Strikes, uh, she focuses and keeps uh, the thoughts and the inspiration of Edgar Casey alive. Uh, she discussed, as I said earlier, healing and the prerequisites for that. Here are her wisdom prints. Just to be understanding that where healing comes from, he said that truly healing is from within. It's not the external. Sometimes the external application of an adjustment, a massage, or a castor oil pack can attune the body. Mm-hmm. That's the purpose of that. It helps the body make the attunement that's necessary for the healing to take place. Um, and I sometimes think that, you know, when when we're involved in our own healing, I don't. When I get my casserole packed together and I'm putting the oil on and I'm making it, and I'm gonna, I feel better just doing because I'm doing something for myself, exactly. and I'm an, an active participant in the healing process. Now, someone else, my parents. Well, actually, my father uh, brought into my life. Uh, and this was also as a child, was Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, uh, the founder of Transcendental Meditation, or TM. Uh, Mario Orsadi ended up being the TM representative on my program, and he's the director of the American University's research study on the effects of Transcendental Meditation technique on student brain, brain development, health, and academic performance. He's also the Director of Collegiate Programs for the David Lynch Foundation for Consciousness-Based Education and World Peace. Dr. Orsadi has lectured throughout the United States about the effects and benefits of TM for students and teachers. Now, that was another of the many special gifts my parents gave me that have been critical parts of my life ever since. The Secrets of Being and Art of Living book laid the foundation for all of my future meditative practice. Mario or Sari shared the following TM wisdom prints.
4: You know, it brings up such a wonderful thing that our parents, our grandparents, they want the best for us. Yeah. And what's the best? Do they? Is it the in the bank account or whatever?
5: No. no, of course
4: they want us to be successful and secure, but mainly they want us to be happy. Mm-hmm. And your father thought now... This is something. This is the essential nature of happiness. It's inner happiness. It won't depend on what you go through in your life. You're going to go through troubles and challenges and this and that. But if you can develop your inner happiness, then your parent is going to know they gave you the very best gift they could. Hmm, That's, that's That's an amazing thing. Now, you know, our schools are like parents. Our teachers are like parents. That's why educators are rising to say we want to give children more than just information. We want to give them a technique to develop inner happiness and inner strength. That's why transcendental meditation is spreading in American education and we're going to see in the next 20 years, you know, by 2020, we're going to see schools everywhere in every city offering TM as a technique for students. That's it. And teachers, too.
0: Now, Antonio Huggy Bear Fargus, uh, he's known primarily for his role as Huggy Bear in TV Starsky and Hutch, uh, uh, his role in All My Children, Martin, as well as, most recently, Everybody Hates Chris. Now, he's another family friend. Uh, He took me back to my teen years or when he spoke about how he met or how I met him through my mother when they were doing the European tour of a Lorraine Hansberry play. His life lessons shared uh, how he would know, uh, well, basically those life lessons were a good blueprint for anyone wanting to know how to maintain their composure within a life of excitement and celebrity. Here are his wisdom prints.
3: Oh, I don't know. (laughs) More, you know, <laughs> just take advantage of, of 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 the good out there. You know, there's there's so many things in disguise, and you know, and and one of the wonderful things is just thinking about what this show and 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 years ago there weren't shows like this, and you know, and for you to find that that path yourself, Partina, I I think it's a gift to people, and I think we have to. You know, look for the gifts out there—the people who have no axe to grind, but just the good—and and I think that's where you'll find, you know, you'll find wholeness and you'll find, you'll find your dream.
0: Now, this next guest was a spiritual t- treat. I happened to see her on one of public television's Wayne Dyer programs. Now, she was—I was very moved and touched by her calm, loving demeanor. But I didn't have a radio program at the time. And I actually ended up being contacted by Wayne Dyer's people to have her on the program. So I have conversations often about forgiveness. Uh, some feel that uh, it gives the the offender the sense that what they did was acceptable on some level. And I always argue that it's not saying that, Um it's saying something very different, and, and this is the underlying theme of her book, Left to Tell, and here are her prints.
5: When I see how things happen on time, and that's what I try to explain, I tell my goodness, I want to tell everybody who is looking for something, for something, not to be frustrated because somebody could not make it happen, not to be angry with anybody, just please hold on to God inside you, be at peace. Just try to forgive, try to be at peace with your heart, and everything is possible. I couldn't believe that anyone can go in any situation and it can come out okay. I have seen friends who have been in depression, sometimes because of their boyfriend, left them. And sometimes we talk, I'm like, hey, remember what happened to me? Remember what happened to so many people? And this is how God did it. And they would just, like, turn from being so angry and being so depressed, and they would start to laugh. You know, so I realized that this this works. It really works to have hope, and you can have hope in any situation.
0: As you recall, she was a Rwandan uh, survivor, and uh, she was in a bathroom held. I'm uh, hiding for some 91 days. But anyway, you are listening to the anniversary program of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard. The program is sponsored by Alternative Medicine Therapies in Bellicanwood, Pennsylvania. Visit my website, www.amtherapies.com, or call 610-687-6184. To hear us live on the Internet, click the 7th Wave Network link on my site. Now, we'll be back with more of our anniversary program, and this time, my interview with Sydney Poitier. Check out three very important links on the left side of my homepage, an Internet Mall, Nature Sunshine, Mangle Scene. One, My Internet Mall is an easy way you can purchase all kinds of wonderful products at very low rates. Check regularly as I add new products often. Two, Nature Sunshine offers an extensive line of high-quality nutritional supplements for multiple vitamins, a boost to your immune system, weight loss support, or an herbal blend for your health concerns. They can help. Take the road to a healthier, happier life with Nature Sunshine. My homepage, left side, learn about purchase or sell Nature Sunshine products. Three, mango steam juice. That immune system builder contains Zanzone, an incredibly potent antioxidant with many health benefits, including maintaining healthy immune system protection and promoting joint flexibility. My homepage, left side, learn about, purchase, or sell mangosteen. www.amtherapies.com.
1: The following is a rebroadcast of a previous program.
0: You are listening to the Anniversary Program of Wellness, Holiness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Now I'm going to introduce my primary guest for this uh, program. As I said earlier, Sidney Poitier is a dear family friend who I've known, well, as much as you can know somebody at the age of two or five. And uh, some of you may recall um, last year I interviewed his daughter, Pamela. Pamela, Uh, with regards to a retreat she was establishing. Uh, Just to give you a little background on Sidney Poitier, for those of you who might not know, uh, he was, uh, let's see, in 1963, uh, he was involved with the Civil Rights March on Washington, D.C. Of course, he was born February 20, 1927. Uh, He's an Academy Award-winning Bahamian-American actor, film director, and activist, he broke through as a star in acclaimed performances in american films and plays which by consciously defying racial stereotyping gave a new dramatic credibility for black actors to mainstream film audiences in the western world uh, some of the movies he was involved with lilies of the field to serve with love in the heat of the night guess who's coming to dinner uh, now, a lot of you don't know that he's a director. I mean, he directed a number of popular movies, such as Uptown Saturday Night, Let's Do It Again. Uh, he did that with friend Bill Cosby. Uh, Stir Crazy, he did with Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Um, he got the Best Actor Award uh, from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Now, he was born on the high seas en route to Miami, Miami Florida, where his farmer parents, a Bahamian father of Haitian descent and a Bahamian mother, traveled to sell tomatoes and other produce from their farm on tiny Cat Island in the Bahamas. He spent his early years on remote Cat Island and at the age of 15 his parents shipped him off to Miami to live with his older brother. Now at age 17 Poitier moved to New York City. Uh, He joined the United States Army for a bit, he tried his hand uh, later at the American Negro Theater, where he was handily rejected by audiences. And he spent uh, the next six months dedicating himself to achieving theatrical success. He also spent a lot of time working on his accent. He would listen to the radio, for example, and practice repeating the things that people were saying on the radio. Now, his second attempt at the theater, uh, well, he resulted in him being noticed and he ended up getting a leading role in the Broadway production of Lysistrata. Uh, By the end of 1949, he was having to choose between leading roles. In Hollywood, Poitier made many memorable movies. Blackboard Jungle, um, he was the first male black actor to be nominated for a competitive Academy Award, and that nomination was for The Defiant Ones. He was also the first uh, African-American male to win the Academy Award for Best Actor, and that was for his role in Lilies of the Field. He acted in the first production of A Raisin in the Sun on Broadway in 1959 and later starred in the film Version. Uh, in 1961. He also gave memorable performances in The Bedford Incident in 1965, A Patch of Blue in 1965, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner in 1967, and To Serve with Love in 1967 as well. Uh, Poitier will forever be remembered as the unintimidable Virgil Tibbs. And that hit 1967 movie, In the Heat of the Night, which had two sequels. Uh, They Call Me, Mr. Tibbs, in 1970, and The Organization, in 1971. Uh, Now, one of the most successful, I I know I mentioned this earlier, movies that he directed was Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder's comedy, Stir Crazy. Uh, And for years, it was the highest grossing film directed by a person of African descent, now, his feature film uh, and directorial uh, debut, if you will, was the Western, Buck and the Preacher, uh, in which Poitier also starred, uh, and that was alongside Harry Belafonte. And then the trio of Poitier, Cosby, and Belafonte was reunited, again with Poitier directing, in Uptown Saturday Night. He also directed, uh, with Cosby starring, Let's Do It Again, A Piece of the Action, and Ghost Dead. And then, of course, recently he appeared on Oprah Winfrey's Winfrey's 20th anniversary show with a speech about Oprah. Now, now this I know is something that a lot of you don't know. He was appointed a knight commander of the Order of the British Empire in 1974. Now, being a citizen of the Bahamas, which is a commonwealth uh, realm that uses the British honor system, this was a substantive, substantive uh, knighthood, which entitled him to use the title Sir. Though so he usually chooses not to do so. Um, he has served as the non-resident Bahamian ambassador to Japan uh, since 1997 and to the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organas- Organization, UNESCO. In 2000, he received the Life Achievement Award for the Screen Actors Guild, In 2000 and in 2002, an honorary Academy Award for his lifetime achievement in film industry from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. In June 2006, the AFI released its list of the 100 most inspiring movies, and Poitier was the only actor to have five of his, fear, five of his films rather appear on the list. Uh, those were The Defiant Ones, The Raven in the Sun, Lilies of the Field, Guests Coming to Dinner, and In the Heat of the Night. Now, also worth knowing, uh, which bears, uh, has some weight on some of the words of wisdom he shares, is that he has uh, four children by his first wife and two children by his second, Uh, and they're all girls. And then, of course, the fifth daughter is actress Sydney Tamiya Poitier. He's written two autobiographical books, This Life and the Measure of the Man, a spiritual autobiography. And in January of 2007, he became an Oprah uh, Book Club selection. Now, Sydney graciously shared words of wisdom that I think parents will find especially useful, and here are Poitier's words of wisdom. Our guest today is a very special gentleman who needs no introduction. I am honored today to be talking with Mr. Sydney Poitier. Hello, Mr. Poitier.
3: Hello, my dear.
0: Your book, The Measure of Man, left me in a peaceful place, spellbound, and with renewed dedication to do the many wonderful things I want to do with my life, and I thank you. I thank you. And then, of course, for personal reasons uh, for which you, of which you are aware, I am uniquely joyful. Uh, all of that said, I was curious at the end about three things. One of them was... In putting together something like this, The Measure of a Man, uh, with the restrictions of page numbers or things of that nature, was there something that you really wished you had included that you hadn't been able to do so? Uh,
3: that I had included that uh, wasn't able to do so?
0: Right, that you, that you hadn't been able to include in the book.
3: Actually, there were many things, of course, because you what ultimately uh, comprised the body of the book is the result of many, many attempts to express certain things in a certain way. Uh, but you can only wind up with one way of expression, and that way of expression excludes all of the others. So naturally, there were other things I had thought about, and uh, some I might have wanted in the book, but it would be unnecessary since I already had a position on that particular question.
0: Okay. I was hoping to get something special from you that you hadn't included, you know, that would be a unique, uh, uniquely introduced item on the program. But um, we can go on to an, another question that came up uh, for parents. Obviously your parents did wonderful things with you that lasted and lingered and inspired and directed and, and had a major impact on almost every decision that you made in your life. What type of advice would you give a parent? to enable them to do the same thing with their children?
3: Well, <laughs> every parent is uh, not like my parents were. Every set of parents uh, are unique unto on, on their particular circumstances, their children. Um, and the circumstances, external circumstances, are different almost from family to family. You know, all kinds of differences there are economic differences, there are social differences, there are, in many cases, philosophical differences in, in the community, all kinds of differences. So they, they relate to their children in ways, always, that they feel would best benefit their development, best benefit preparing the child for the world in which the child is going to live. Uh, what, what, when the child is five or six or seven or eight, uh, between the time, uh, uh, that time to 21 years of age an awful lot of changes will have taken place in everything concerning the child their parents will be that much older they themselves will be that much older they will have, the parents will have had to guide them through those additional years in terms of values in terms of understanding things in terms of the educational background that they will need be able to decipher the world in which they live. You know, the parents have an understanding of the world from their point of view, but the child is coming in totally, uh, totally uh, unprepared. The parent's responsibility is to nurture the child and, bit by bit, help them to understand the world in which they are, which is a very closed world to start with, isn't it? I mean, just the parents and maybe a few relatives and They are the ones that are the first adults, primarily, certainly if they have older siblings and a few siblings. That's all they know of life. They have to know, ultimately, that they live in a world where there are probably six billion people and they live in a country where the language is such and such, etc., etc. All of that stuff comes through parents. All of that stuff comes through parents initially, and then through parents and schools, and then through parents, schools and churches, and then through parents, schools, churches, and the information they pick up as they go about their young lives year by year. So what do I tell the parents? I, I say nurture them. I say talk to them, always talk to them about things that they might not understand and help them to understand. If they see them uh, expressing an interest in something, help to explain it to them. And if they they become fascinated by anything that holds their attention, be there to try to help them to understand what that thing is. You know, if you do 21 years of that, before you know it, you've got a kid who understands a lot about the world in which he or she lives.
0: And I think also they allowed you the freedom to explore, I think that that was something else I was fascinated with. They allowed you the freedom to explore even though they knew there were dangers and uh, things to be concerned about. And I guess that too is something difficult for parents.
3: It's difficult for parents, and again, it's difficult for parents uh, depending on their particular location and circumstances. Uh, I didn't have to worry, my parents didn't have to worry about me uh, crossing the street because there were no cars on the island. My parents didn't have to worry about me uh, drowning, because we lived very, very close to the sea, uh, because they taught me to swim before I could walk. They did that because they knew that as soon as I was able to walk, I would find my way, since we lived within 50 yards of the sea, I would find my way over the rocks, and I might fly. I Fall into the water. So they taught me to swim before they taught me. Before I learned to walk. And but that circumstance differs, you know, parent by parent, society by society. Uh, living in New York City or living in rural America, there are roads and there are cars that are passing, and there are other kinds of obstacles, uh, unlike those that I face. And, and of course, uh, parents allow you to roam, my parents allowed me to roam, after preparing me for my own survival if I happen to fall in the sea or if I happen to climb a tree and the wasp began to sting me uh, or if I wander off into the forest, how to find my way back, all that kind of stuff. The difference, uh, certainly, from parent to parent, depending on the society in which live. But there has got to be that preparation. I I call it age-appropriate preparation. Mm. Uh, Age-appropriate preparation for me was it was imperative that that they taught me how to swim because they had to go to the field to to, to work. And uh, as soon as I began walking and was able to move about to go from my parents' house to my grandparents' house, uh, they had taught me and if I cross the bridge and I fall in the water, I could swim out. And so they knew that when they went to the field and left me there at home, near my grandparents, that I had the wherewithal to effectuate my own survival and to think for myself because I know that if I fall in there, I could swim out. Um, And similarly, we do that in in, in, in your culture. If you, as a child, live in the neighborhood where, where cars are passing constantly, the parent would make pr- provisions that you are never left exposed to getting on the street and having to deal with cars. They will prepare you by taking you to the corner and, and warning you not to cross until the cars uh, is appropriate. Well, that's, that's a natural response for parents in whatever society uh, Themselves, I mean, so they, they just—all parents did precisely as my parents did, even though they were operating in a different society. In any sense? To
0: it? Oh yes, and uh, hopefully it's uh, very inspirational to many parents who don't feel as confident as you imply in being able to to do all of that. But um, my my one last question is about your last sentence. You take us through quite a journey throughout the book, and you end us uh, with a statement that we're. All, all imperfect and life is simply a perpetual unending struggle against those imperfections how does one keep in touch with the humility necessary to view one's imperfections
3: but i don't know <laughs> i don't know that i had uh, the uh, I, I, I listen my imperfections are my imperfections i think we do all share a certain uh, Uh, similar imperfections because these imperfections are built in to uh, who we are and what we are even, it starts even at the point of conception my father's sperm as your father's sperm struck your mother's egg as my father's egg struck my mother's egg and the two forces again create uh, a new life and, but for all of us, what happens, I, I believe, truly believe, that what happens for all of us is that we are born with certain obvious uh, situations, and, and those situations include certain imperfections, and the imperfections are such that they last almost all our lives, if not completely all our lives. Those imperfections are such that if we are, if we are careful and if our parents help us along, we can survive those imperfections. Oh, so certain imperfections like food, we have to have it. We have to have it. As a baby, we can't get out of the crib and go get it ourselves. So it has to be provided for us. That's an imperfection. That's a part of the whole life process. Uh, We are perfect creatures, and I believe that our whole struggle in life is to uh, neutralize those imperfections, or to grow beyond them, or to learn enough to be able to manage our existence and our uh, continuance by being able, gaining enough strength and gaining enough Understanding and gaining gaining, gaining enough uh, ability to strengthen ourselves. For instance, the society in which we live, we have to know how to read. Right?
0: <laughs> oh, no, definitely.
3: Well, uh, there is an indication of, of imperfection. Uh, we are imperfect until we understand how to communicate.
5: Mm. And
3: that comes from learning, that comes from, from the process of living, that comes from, like my parents knew, they knew uh, about the sea being so close, and it was a threat. And my imperfections were such that they couldn't leave it to me to manage the sea without teaching me how to swim. Do mm-hmm. you
0: know what i Oh, I definitely do, Yeah. Oh.
3: Imperfections are a part of life. Uh, if we were not imperfect, if we were perfect, we'd live forever. We aren't going to do that. You know, so life begins, and it matures, and it ends. And In the meantime, we are fighting a battle against our imperfections. We want to be better people. We want to be better individuals. We want to be better fathers and better mothers. And we want to be better neighbors, friends. And we would like the world to be terrific. Uh, it isn't. We try to make it so. At least we try to make it so for our individual selves, our individual families, and our friends. We do a lot to make the world better for others.
0: Well, you have certainly made the world better for me and for many, many other people. And I thank you, and I thank you for this time that you've shared and my love to you and yours.
3: You're a darling person, Thanks. and I love you. You know that.
0: Yes, I do, and okay, I love you. Okay, you know. Okay. Up to you,
3: so.
0: Thank you. Take care. And now for my words of wisdom. There are three areas of concern as I think about my clients and acquaintances regarding the issues with which they present. The first is honoring the choices of others, second is having positive expectations, and the third is giving good things a try. So my first words of wisdom focus on allowing others the freedom to make their own choices. So often people are mesmerized by their own egos that they not only feel their way is the only way, but that their point of view is the only sensible, realistic, intelligent, correct view. The phrase uh, that there is more than one way to skin a cat comes to mind. Think for a minute about the events or circumstances in your life that cause the greatest stress or conflict. I expect that they revolve around the choices of others with which you do not agree. Additionally, your efforts to change their choices the way you want them to be. Wouldn't your life be easier if you could get to a place where you could honor the choices of others as much as you honor your own and allow others to make and learn from their mistakes as well as benefit from and enjoy their successes? The second area of concern is the kinds of expectations people have. It seems many have been beaten down so harshly by their parents or life that they only expect the worst. Carl Sandburg had a poem about not getting too happy because it is the truly happy, happy people who fall hard when they fall. He had a similar negative view of positive expectation. It probably takes just as much effort to expect the worst as to expect the best. But your experience and health in the meantime will be very different. Wouldn't wouldn't it be more enjoyable to be happy until you have a reason not to be than to be miserable until you have a reason not to be? The third area of concern is that of giving good things a try. It is as if people immerse themselves in terrible events in the news, from television programs, and even their reading material to such an extent that when some seemingly good opportunity comes their way, they back off immediately without even investigating to see its potential. It does not hurt to investigate. And if it turns out to be something other than what you thought, at first you move on, but why assume before inspection that it is a fluke? In a nutshell, my words of wisdom are to allow people the space to make their choices, expect things to go well for you, and give a good thing a chance. What we project, we receive. What we expect, we enable, and we never experience the good we do not allow. And now, I'll give you your herb of the day briefly. Uh, well, it was going to be I bright, Uh the entire plant and uh, root system are used, and then the Asana was going to be Urda Mukha Shabasana. But I think we'll do those next time. Um, I want to close with the fact, of course, that you've been listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard, at WWDB 860 AM, simulcast on the Internet. Next week, our guest will be a homeopathic skincare specialist using mineral makeup. The herb will be full, False Unicorn and the Asana Asana 1. If you're interested in advertising or interning on the program, email your inquiries and recordings to consult at amtherapies.com or send them to the office at Tubala Plaza, Suite 300. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers the public radiology and kinesiology assessments, consultations in nutrition, meditation, acupressure, psychosocial consultations, incorporating box floral essence remedies, and remote and video conferencing. Uh, I even offer online coaching. Visit my website at www.amtherapies.com. I welcome your participation in my blog, subscription to the newsletter, downloading radio programs, see who our future guests will be, and what my practice offers. Now, don't forget about my favorite getaway, Nemecolon Woodlands Resort. Tell them Parthenia sent them. Sent you wellness, wholeness, and wisdom. Be
1: well.